morning was, it was an interesting morning. I ended up having technical difficulties trying to print things off, trying to get things out. But I really feel that, that what, what God has uh, just put on my heart to, to share today is just is vital and it is an important message. And it was just really beautiful to just see how, even though I didn't talk to Paul or I didn't talk to Miriam and Victor, how there was a consistent common theme of what I'm going to be sharing with you today. And that is about Jesus. And if I were to, if I were to kind of give this a, a title, I would say this message is about knowing Jesus and believing in him. And a few weeks, a few weeks ago, Travis and Paul actually challenged us about contending for the promises of God that he has for Eastern North Carolina and for a church. And one of the things that, that had been just some of the promises as words spoken were about a revival that would come, like the Welsh revival, just this huge revival that people would come to know Jesus and that they would be discipled. The other is that there would be that rumor, like in Luke 7, um, that Jesus was, the one they were waiting for was here. He was in our midst, and he was bringing healing and deliverance. And so the, the challenge was to pray and ask God, what, what was getting in the way of this being fulfilled for, for our church, right, and for our area, and praying that God would reveal that blockage. And so as so I just started to pray and lean into it. Uh, I just felt this overwhelming, just, it, it was this clear message that it's about Jesus, right? And, and it's about coming back to this place of knowing Jesus, or, or for some it's coming to Jesus for that first time in a new way, in a way that, that's, outside of, of our preconceptions about Jesus. And I love just how, how God's spirit is one. And, and so even though, for example, I hadn't spoken to Travis last week, I woke up in the morning and I had this phrase on my mind, which was, Jesus is the answer to everything. And that also was one of the closing, uh, closing points that, that Travis made last week, Jesus is the answer to everything. And so one of the things that, that, that God really spoke to me with that, just focus on Jesus, is 1 Corinthians 2.2, 2, uh, where Paul wrote, said, For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I don't know about you, but for, for a long time when I heard that, I was like, wow, that, that's really nice, right? But what does that mean? What does that mean to us today? And, and even, you know, perhaps <laughs> you, you might be like, well, all right, so, so you could maybe share a little bit about Jesus, but, but then, okay, what else do we share, right? And, and so my hope is that we would realize the lies of the enemy and, and be able to realize there's so much for us to discover about Jesus. And, and there's a story in Acts 20, um, which some of you might remember, where Paul had gone and he was, he was um, teaching and he's just sharing. And there's this young man sitting on the window and it's on the third floor. And he just falls asleep and falls from the third floor and dies. And Paul comes down resurrects him and then continues all the way to the next daybreak. And the Bible doesn't share, doesn't record what, what Paul was talking about, but I, I have a feeling it's probably he was talking about Jesus. He was talking about the one that met him on that road to Damascus. And, you know, this morning I, I was realizing that um, my dad isn't here to hear this first message that I'm sharing, but I know that he would be proud to know that what saved his life and the only reason why I'm here today, Jesus, is a message that I'm sharing with you today. 
And so I just hope that, that God just kindles and awakens and fire, a fire in each one of us to discover Jesus in a new way. And it talked about speech. I read this book um, a few years back. His name is Jim Quick, and it talked about speed reading and learning, and re- really good. Um, there's some good concepts with it. Um, but one of the things that God used to speak to me was this acronym he uses, which is LIE. And it stands for Limiting Ideas Entertained. Yeah, Limiting Ideas Entertained. And God used this book, even though it's a secular book, to really convict me of the limiting ideas I've entertained about who Jesus is. And, and he then talks about that there's this belief system that kind of keeps you in a cage with those limiting ideas. And, and that, I really believe, is something the enemy has used for so long to think that we know everything about Jesus. Once we come to Jesus and we're like, all right, I'm saved, and read the Bible a little bit, say a few prayers, kind of send up some prayers, like Hail Marys, right? But I want to tell you today about Jesus, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And there's, there's so much, you know, for us to learn about Jesus. And a couple of weeks ago, I shared a little bit about something that, that really had stirred my heart, which was understanding sin and how amazing was that price that was paid to save us from the death penalty we had and to give us new life. And I could go on with that topic. I mean, it's, it's, it's a huge and amazing and powerful topic. Um, but I, I don't want to keep you here all morning and afternoon, uh, even though I love the joke from Travis that these are three-hour chairs, <laughs> comfortable chairs to be sitting in. But some, some of the things that, that just, just to kind of open our, our thoughts and our imagination, and not just imagination, but... Just it says, um, who the Son sets free is free indeed. And, and one of those things I feel God wants to free us from lies. And so there is the prophecies about Jesus from Genesis all the way to Revelations that we could talk about for hours. Um, there's who is Jesus, who, you know, talking about his family tree. Um, there's the life, right, the death, the resurrection, the ascension of Jesus, the forgiveness of our sins, as I had mentioned earlier, um, his obedience to the Father, that attitude that he had. And I really feel um, what I want to try to focus on today is who is Christ in us and who we are in Christ, yeah? As well as, as we learn that, that we get excited for his triumphant return and reign. And so... One of the things that, that I, I just, um, is my prayer that, that we fall in love with Jesus all over again, or for some of us, for the first time, like really falling in love where we, we just, we can't even take our eyes off of him. We're so in love with Jesus. And it's interesting, I, there, there was... Before the Hubble telescope, which is a, was the most power teles- powerful telescope, there's, there's another telescope right now, I forgot the name of it. Uh, people thought that when they looked up at the sky, that was all there is, yeah? And it was beautiful, and it was, you know, amazing. See the constellations, see all this stuff. Yet, when the Hubble telescope came, you know, into being created and then refined to actually be able to see it, People realize it's like, wow, we, we just can see a little bit of the galaxies of galaxies, and there's so much more in the universe that we can't even imagine. I mean, it, it's, it's mind-blowing. And, and so it's interesting how, though, for so many years, right, until Hubble, that, that was people's preconceived notions. And then let's kind of narrow it down to the Earth, right? If we just talk about our Earth, can you believe that more than 80%, right, of the ocean has never been mapped, explored, or seen by humans? More than 80% of the ocean. I mean, isn't that crazy to think? 
And then if we look at um, the species on Earth's surface, um, about 86% of these species have never been identified, named, or described. So, so basically the ocean, what's in the ocean and on the surface, 80 plus percent we do not know. And there, I believe that there's an invitation for us to discover the one that spoke the world into existence in a new way. I mean, if we don't even, people have, you know, the world has been around for thousands of years and yet we don't know, you know, but maybe 15, 20% of the earth, how can we even think that we know Jesus? Yet he wants us to know him. That is an invitation. And so I just invite all of you to have this place of just great humility. Rick Joyner talks about a gathering where this one man left the gathering and he went to his quiet place and just said, God, I don't really know you. I don't know Jesus, but I really want to know you. And when I heard that, it really sparked something in me too. I was like, Lord, I, I really want to know Jesus and not this little surface that I've skimmed. And so I invite you to look with me into the word if you want to turn to John chapter 1, verse 1. And it says, In the beginning was the word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and apart from him, nothing came into being that has not come into being. Then if we, if we go over to um, John 1, a little bit further down in chapter 10, says, he was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. Then I'm going to cover several scriptures a little bit faster just because I, I don't want to end up running out of time. Um, but this one is um, from 1 Corinthians 8, 6. And it says, yet for us there is but one God, the Father, from whom are all things and we exist for him. And one Lord Jesus Christ, from whom are all things, and we exist through him. Isn't that beautiful? By whom are all things, and we exist through him. And then we go to Colossians 1.16. And it says, For by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. And if we then go to Hebrews 1, 2, it says, In these last days has spoken to us in his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the world. And so I wanted to share some verses because it's so important that we know God's word because God's word is Jesus. It is powerful to save us, to transform us. And, and it's also important for us to hear anybody speaking and to realize, does that align with the word of God? We need to know the word of God. And we also need to know what the will of the Father is, right? Because it says, says that in the, there'll be people that come and say, I prophesied in the name of Jesus. I cast out demons. Um, but he says, I never knew you, right? And so it's so important that we know what is the will of the Father. And one of the, one of the things that's so beautiful here is that the Bible tells us what, what God's will is, right? And it is that we would know the Son. And so I'm going to share several other scriptures. Um, in John 14, 6, it says, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He, he goes on in John 14, 7 to say, If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. 
From now on, you do know him. You do know him and have seen him. Then in John 14, 26, it says, But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Then in John 5, 22, it says, For the Father judges no one, but has given all judgment to the Son, that all may honor the Son, just as they honor the Father. Whoever does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who he sent, who sent him. Sorry. And, and so as we get to know Jesus, we get to know the Father. And it's this beautiful invitation. And I, I'm not going to get into a lot of the theological, there's a lot to, to explore with that. Uh, but I just invite you to just open up your, your Bible and in your quiet time, ask God to reveal more of Jesus and God's, God, what God says about himself, what, what the Father desires. And so I'll, I'll go on to Matthew 21, 22, which says, Whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. And then in Matthew 18, actually before that, 18 through 22, says, Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosened in heaven. Again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. And so there is power in the agreement when we come in agreement with Jesus, right? We also, we encounter the face of God through Jesus. It says in Colossians 1.15, he says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. And then in Hebrews one verse 3 through 4, says, He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purifications for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as such much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. Wow. So he is a message. Jesus is a message. He is the truth. He is a life. He is our living water. If you're thirsty today, Jesus can satisfy that thirst. If you're hungry today, he is the bread of life. And it says in John 6, 47 through 48, it says, Truly I say to you, Whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. So everything is in focus by him and through him. And the Holy Spirit reveals more of Jesus and more of his word will come alive to us as we focus on Jesus. And I want to go on to, to Philippians um, chapter 2. Verse 5 through 11, it talks about the mindset that we're supposed to have as we get to know Jesus, right? Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and on under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. 
And I love this in Revelations 19, verse 16, it says, On his robe, on his thigh, and on his thigh, he has a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. That's, that's, who is, that's who Jesus is to us. That is amazing. We know and we're invited to know in a deeper and more amazing, the king of all kings. And as we get to know him too, there is power in believing in him. And so I also, as I mentioned, what I wanted to share was about knowing Jesus, but also believing in him. And so... I, I won't read all, all of this um, because it's, it's a, a bit long, uh, but in Mark 5, verse 25 through 34, it talks about the woman that had the blood discharge for 12 years, right? And God to many different physicians and had pretty much spent all that she had and had actually grown worse. And she heard the reports of Jesus Right, that rumor that Jesus was, Jesus was coming to town. Jesus was there, right? And she said, if I touch even the garments, I will be made well. And immediately the flow of blood dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. And Jesus perceived in himself that power had gone out from him, immediately turned about in the crowd and said, who touched my garments? But the woman, looking, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. How many here want to touch at least the garment of Jesus today? You know, that faith of this woman that was really sick, had been sick for 12 years, didn't hinder her from going and pressing through the crowds and reaching out with all that she had and with complete trust that if she just touched the, just the garment of Jesus, that she would be healed. And so when we believe in Jesus, when we believe in Jesus, it releases power. And I think so often we're, I know I have, and, and as I share this, just know that this is, this is something God is stirring in me, and, and I'm, I'm trying to digest it all. I'm asking God to increase my spiritual digestion to be able to receive all that he has for me um, with just what he's revealing. But I really feel there's... Um, God wants us to believe in Jesus like never before, not as option C, We've gone to the doctors, we've tried our own strategies, we've Googled, we've talked to everybody, and there, there's a place for that. God can use all that. I'm not saying God doesn't use you know, medicine, God doesn't use, I mean, just so many things. But it's all in Jesus. It is the blood of Jesus that heals. It is the blood of Jesus that sets us free and restores us. And... There is nothing impossible for him. I mean, think about it. He spoke the world into existence, right? And when we align with him, when we are gathered in his name, when we're agreeing, nothing is impossible for us through Jesus in us. Unfortunately, the, the greatest hindrance, you know, is unbelief. Yet the greatest cure of that is our faith and belief in Jesus. Sorry. Thank you. 
Rick Joyner had a recent revelation he was sharing, and he talked about um, Albert Einstein's uh, theory of relativity and just how energy is released. And it's very fascinating. I mean, just, just reading and understanding more about it. But he, he shares that the atomic bomb only had six tenths of a gram was, was a matter that was used to create this devastating, huge explosion. Six tenths of a gram. It's like nothing. Imagine that. And right now, all the power that exists in each of the atoms that are floating around, that are part of us, that are part of everything that we see, that energy exists. It was spoken into existence. And the one, and, and just to give you an idea of, if you can't wrap your mind around just how, how huge that is, um, the equivalent of, of that atomic bomb is 15,000 tons of dynamite. 15,000 tons of dynamite. That was equivalent from six-tenths of a gram of matter that was used. And yet, all that devastating power, right, the life-giving power of the one that speaks life and not destruction lives in us when we say yes to Jesus, to say, yes, I'm going to follow you, to say, yes, you are my Lord and Savior. Isn't that, isn't that awesome? I mean, that power, greater power, actually, greater power than the greatest atomic or nuclear bomb dwells in us through the power of the Holy Spirit, right? And so one of the things that, that I was just thinking about, too, coming back, you know, again, this, this message is all about Jesus, right? Because he is a name above all names. And we hear, we hear many, many religions, and they talk about God with a small g, right? Um, but there's no power in the name of those gods, or God, just mentioning God. Uh, we honor the Holy Spirit, but we don't pray to the Holy Spirit, right? We pray to the Father and use the name of Jesus. And when we release the name of Jesus, there is a power greater than any atomic bomb, greater than anything we can even imagine. And, and I really, I feel there's that invitation for us to Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal those areas of lies and unbelief that we've had. And I want to share something, uh, because as we, as we talk about belief, which is awesome, it's always important to talk about the, the other side, which is the danger of unbelief, right? And so if you, if you want to turn with me to Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12, it says... Take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart, leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For we have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end. As it is written, as it is said, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. For who were those who heard and yet rebelled? Was it not all those who left Egypt, led by Moses? And with whom was he provoked for 40 years? Was, he not, was it not with those who had sinned, whose bodies fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but to those who were disobedient? So we see that they were unable to enter because of unbelief. And so when I was reading, when I was reading this, I, I just felt this heaviness, this weight, And I, I really feel that, that 
we, if we had, if we had a, a serpent running around, how sweet we, you know, a, a cobra, we, we wouldn't just be like, oh yeah, there, there's, there's a serpent, right? We would, we would have this fear, right, of, of saying, hey, I don't want that, that what could cause, cause danger, that could put poison into my blood, right, or attack one of my children or any of us. Um, and, and that, I really feel, we need to have a shift in focus where we do not tolerate unbelief, where we do not allow any lies about who Jesus is and who he is and was, and that, that we would have this unshaking trust in him, that we would believe in him with all of our hearts, and, and when unbelief comes, that we would take that thought, thought captive, that we would not tolerate, we would destroy it, we would cut the head of that serpent. We actually went hiking a few weeks back, and we were with my mom and my sister and Gina, and the kids went ahead, and this copperhead came up on the trail, a small one, and Isaiah, my son, had this overwhelming feeling he had to go and destroy it. Basically, you know, he, he grabbed this huge stick, and Gina was trying to gonna just tell him, no, 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 don't. But she realized that's that instinctual, you know, to defend, to destroy that which is evil. And so he just, he, he just knocked it over the head and destroyed it and killed that snake. And, and that's what we need to do when unbelief comes lurking against us, when, when there are thoughts that make us wonder, does God really love me? Is he faithful? Why doesn't this? Whatever. You know, we, we can't let it because it, it says, right, it will lead us to fall away from the living God. And, and he says even here in Hebrews, lest there be an evil unbelieving heart. So, so it's not just it can lead us astray, but it's evil. It's evil. And, and so many times um, I'm going through the, the whole Bible in a year, and, and I'm right now with the Gospels, and so neat to, to hear over and over the same story from different perspectives. And, and what Jesus marvels about is faith the centurion, and when he gets frustrated, <laughs> um, he gets frustrated at the religious, right, that, that, that don't know the scriptures, that don't know the power of God, the Pharisees, um, but he gets frustrated at his disciples and those around him because of lack of faith. And so it's so important that, that we, we realize that faith needs to be our only thought process, Faith in Jesus. I believe you, Jesus. I believe all of your word, not some of it. I believe every word that you say. And your word says that nothing is impossible for those who believe. And so, you know, there are so many books, great devotionals, TV series, right, about Jesus. And, and they're good. And God can use them and has used them, right? But we need to access the source of all life and all truth directly. We need to each know Jesus. We need to seek him. We need to just be so hungry for him that, that just hearing about him isn't enough. And when I met Gina, I was, it'll be a whole other story, uh, but I was in Atlanta and she was in Minnesota. And it was a God story. We, we met through eHarmony. We're an eHarmony story. <laughs> um, but in the short period of meeting and getting married, which was four and a half months, um, short courting, um, but there, I love to hear her voice, but I longed for every opportunity I had to be with her and to be where she was there in, in, in my presence. I wasn't just hearing her voice or someone telling me about this amazing woman. But imagine, imagine if over a few months I was content with just hearing her on the phone and, and then later just reading, reading some of the letters she sent me. Oh, this is beautiful. I love it. And then I go on with my life. 
And, and I'm not yearning. I'm not excited. I'm not saying, when can I see my bride-to-be? When can I see her? I can't wait. I'm counting down the days. Right? And, and yet, for many of us, me included, we've encountered Jesus once. And we're excited. But then we got busy with life. We got busy. We got stressed. We, we enjoyed hearing about him, enjoy hearing, reading his word. Um, but there wasn't that excitement to encounter him face to face. There wasn't that excitement to say, come, Lord Jesus. I want you, Jesus, more than anything in this world, more than anything that this day has to offer. I long for your return, and I want to make myself ready. I want to be spotless. I want to be without sin. I want you, Jesus. And you know what? It's, it's okay and, and I share this not to condemn anybody, but I pray that this would kindle a fire that, that would spark a new desire to know Jesus. And, and it's okay to, you know, it says, um, the truth will set you free, right? And if you've ever seen those, those buildings, right? Every building has a little, little diagram where... It says, here you are, and then it shows the exits, right? Um, it's really important to know where we are. And it's really important because if you don't know where you are, you don't know where to go from there. And I believe today God wants us to do an inventory, take an inventory of where we are with our love for Jesus, where we are, and to ask him. He says, ask, right? In Matthew 7, 7, it says, ask, seek, knock, He's a good father. He wants to give us the most amazing gift, which is Jesus. And so if we ask and knock and don't give up, he will answer that prayer. It delights his heart to reveal Jesus to us. And so I, I'm going to see if this, this works. Um, I have a song that, that I want to just, just play a little bit, uh, second half let me see if I can get it to work. And, and I encourage you as, as this song plays that you would let, let the lyrics soak into your, into your hearts and your minds. The song is Pilgrim's Days by Will Reagan and United Pursuit. And, and we are pilgrims. This is not our home. This is not our home. And, and it can feel like it. We want to. It's, it's normal and it's good. God created a beautiful place, yet God has so much more for us. It says, eyes have not seen nor ears have seen what God has in store for his children, right? And, and so I'm not saying we shouldn't enjoy what God has given us here, but we need to enjoy it with Jesus and we need to have the mindset where it's all about Jesus. And as we do it, we'll live a life that is full. We'll live an abundant life. We'll live a rich life. But always knowing that we're not going to settle for what's here because there is so much more. I mean, we, we want to pursue to know Jesus more each day. And he wants to give us that. And it will... I mean, I can tell you, for me, these last two and three years, God has just awakened a newness in me to know Jesus. And as I do, it is the most amazing thing. And every day as we do seek him, and he reveals, there, there, there will be nothing that compares with it, but it will be that that just kind of yearning in us that that desires more and more that we would encounter him face to face and not settle for just just hearing um you know hearing about him every so often so let's see if i can get this to work
Before I pray, I want to encourage all of us to, if we want to move of Jesus in our church and in this area, we need to long for him. We need to be so in love where we come here and we cannot take our eyes off of him. We cannot stop worshiping him for he is so good, for he is so awesome, for all that he has done and all that he's going to do and longing to, Lord God, and longing when we will see him face to face. And so, Lord God, we just ask you for forgiveness, Lord, for any way that we have settled from, for knowing you from afar. Lord, for any lies that we have believed about you, for limiting ideas that we have entertained and that we have kept them in a belief system that is not your truth, that is not your word, that is not your power. Lord, I pray that you would, Lord, any hardness of heart that we have, any unbelief, Lord, as as a man said, help my unbelief. Lord, thank you that you want us to believe, that you want to give us a faith, the gift of faith to believe that Jesus is Lord, that Jesus is King. Give us something brand new. We want to even just touch the hem of your garment, Jesus. Lord, may our hearts turn to you, that the things of this world, Lord, would pale in comparison. They would be nothing compared to knowing Jesus. Lord, thank you for this invitation. Thank you for this amazing gift that we have. Lord, thank you for the power of Jesus that is in us. Lord, may we, Lord, our minds be transformed by the renewing Lord, by your truth that would set us free from all that has hindered us, that has weighed us down from being able to be the men and women of God. Lord, that a fire, Lord, would come ablaze in each one of us, Lord, from the oldest to the youngest. We pray for the children that are back there right now. Lord, that they would encounter Jesus, Lord, for themselves, that they would know the power of Jesus, that nothing in this world would compare to Jesus. I thank you. Thank you. We honor Jesus. We honor the name of all names, Jesus. You are holy. You are good. You're faithful. We love you. We love you, Jesus. We thank you for what you did, Lord, for the suffering. We ask you as we encounter you and as you transform our lives, that we couldn't but hold back, we, we couldn't hold back from speaking to those around us, to a dying world that needs Jesus, the answer to everything, that the Lamb of God would receive the full reward of his suffering. Jesus, we want you to receive all glory. Lord, that the Father would be glorified in the Son. Thank you, Lord. We love you and we look with great anticipation, Lord, to what you're going to do in our body. Lord, what you're going to do in each one of us, what you're going to do in the overall church, what you're going to be doing here in North Carolina, throughout the U.S. and throughout all nations as the name of Jesus is lifted up on high. Thank you, Lord. We pray all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, amen. Um, I, I want to read a scripture to you guys, and then um, I think there's an invitation this morning. This is Philippians three. I'm going to read from the Amplified version. You guys just just listen um, to the words. I think it's the Amplified kind of helps define. Like we've read this scripture many times, but that's why I like reading the Amplified. It kind of like defines like what those words were actually reading about. This is Philippians 3, 7. It says, 
But whatever former things I had that might have been gains to me, I have come to consider as one combined loss for Christ's sake. Yes, furthermore, I count everything a loss compared to the possession of the priceless privilege, the overwhelming preciousness, the surpassing worth, the supreme advantage of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, and of progressively becoming more deeply and more intimately acquainted with him, of perceiving and recognizing and understanding him more fully and clearly. For his sake, I have lost everything and consider it all to be rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. So what he's saying there, if you guys, <laughs> lots of adjectives and stuff, is that everything else compared to experientially knowing Jesus is rubbish. You know, he gained all of this in his life, Apostle Paul. Um, he goes on before to share about it, but he compares all of it, rubbish, trash, compared to experientially knowing Jesus, to progressively come more deeply and intimately acquainted with the person of Jesus Christ. That is our inheritance. It isn't just going to church. It's not just reading our Bible. We do all those things because really they're in preparation for us to experience Jesus through encounter. And I just feel like there's an invitation this morning for some of you guys. If you, if you feel like, well, first off, if you've never given your life to the Lord before, if you don't know this Jesus, if you are walking intimately with this Jesus, this person of Jesus, the invitation is for you this morning. And for those who are watching online too, Jesus longs for you to know him in this way. He longed for it so much that he literally paid the ultimate price for you to know him. And that was the cross. For the purpose of you knowing him in this intimate and personal way. So I encourage you guys, we're going to have people up front this morning that will be glad to pray for you if you need prayer, to if you want to know this Jesus. And I think there's also another invitation for those who you prayed that prayer and maybe it was a long time ago, but you're not really necessarily walking with Jesus. You're not really spending your time getting to know the person of Jesus. And I think there's an invitation for this rededication to this pursuit of knowing him intimately. Not just getting out of hell, right? It's like not just like get out of jail free pass kind of thing, you know? John 17, 3 says, this is eternal life. What? that we might know Jesus, right? To know the Father and to know the Son that he sent. Eternal life. We talk about it all the time. Like, oh, like, you know, let's pray this prayer for you guys to get saved from, from hell. No, we're praying that prayer. That is one of the results of it. But really, the purpose of it is for you to intimately and progressively know Jesus Christ. So I encourage you guys, if you, if you I mean, I'm, I'm a Yankee, so I've been, when I came down here in the South, and, you know, we would go out and do ministry, everybody's saved. It's like, hey, you know, we give a prophetic word, we read people's mail out in a Walmart or something, and then just opens a store. Hey, do you, do you want to know this Jesus? Oh, yeah, yeah, I prayed, I prayed that prayer at that Baptist revival when I was five. Yet they're not walking in intimate, personal relationship with Jesus today. So I encourage you guys, if that's you this morning, come on up front. We've got people who want to pray with you and for you. Um, we also have prophetic teams upstairs.